Welcome to Musician. I'm your host, Andrew Lapau. Let's start the show. We are the Northern Lights on the podcast today. They're an indie folk duo from New York, um, Sheldon and Hadar. Really cool people. Hadar approached me at the DIY Musician Conference in Nashville and uh, asked about the podcast. And it's the first time that I've ever done a podcast through FaceTime on my iPhone. And it worked out really well. Uh, they have a new song coming out. They just finished up a tour. They... They play all the time. You can catch them at Rockwood Music Hall when they play in New York City and other places uh, around the Northeast. So without further ado, here's my interview with We Are the Northern Lights. Enjoy. So uh, We Are the Northern Lights. Tell, tell me a little bit about you guys. I've listened to your music. It sounds great. It's like a duo, you know, like a male-female duo. The songs are very sweet, very <laughs> uplifting. Um, what, what made you guys... How'd you find that sound? That's a very good question. You know, we've both been uh, full-time musicians for maybe 10 years or professionally, you know, full-time professional musician for the past 10 years. Um, Started in Boston and living in New York now and been doing music full-time for the last 10 years. Um, We've been together for 14 years um, and sort of had... Uh, parallel careers uh, simultaneously both doing our own projects um, for for a really long time and then sort of accidentally fell into this project together so it's not just the sound that we fell into which is still something that sort of like is growing and developing but it's also just doing music together kind of happened accidentally Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that I can tell you about it so there was uh, a friend of ours who's a um, uh, film director, producer, writer, etc. And he put something on Facebook wondering if anyone had recommendations for a particular song for a scene that he was describing. And so I just wrote him back and said, hey, how about you describe the scene in more detail and, and we'll write a song that we think sort of matches that you know, perfectly. It'll be custom you know, to that scene. So he was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. So um, the scene that he described, it was in a movie called Beneath, um, which is really funny in that if you hear the song and you, <laughs> you know that the, the movie is a like thriller horror, kind of like miners trapped underground and sort of su- supernatural scary things that happen to them while they're underground. And they turn <clears> into <throat> zombies, let's mention that. Right. And then our song is this like sweet sort of <laughs> take me home kind of song. But um, <laughs> the, the, the placement was in... Right like, before they turn into zombies. Well, yeah, it was like at the beginning <laughs> when everything is normal and happy and this, this woman is coming home home so um and it was supposed to be you know like a mining town so we sort of went with a more folky kind of sound and and Hadar and I had done most of our writing in that regard in in more like the pop world so it was sort of a departure into this other sort of folky sound for us and uh we ended up recording it with the help of our friend uh Robopop and he um just made it sound beautiful and people heard the song and 
people in the industry whose opinions really mattered to us. And they told us, hey, you should do that much, much more. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were like, okay, that's cool. And we sort of kicked it down the road, wrote a song here, wrote a song there. And it wasn't until a couple of years later we were out. We do a writing retreat out in Los Angeles for about a month each year. And we were out there and just looking for a muse and said, hey, why don't we just explore that sound, you know, for real right now? And it just like eight songs in about a week came pouring out of us. And, you know, we weren't trying a lot of the times we write to pitches a lot of times we were writing for a specific use of a song or with other artists or with other artists try to really like fit the song i mean you know like fit the song Mm -hmm. to whatever whatever they're looking for and this was kind of like the opposite experience this was like what are we feeling let's write that Mm -hmm. um which was a really Mm -hmm. refreshing kind of way of looking at songwriting yeah so yeah i mean so so we um we we just sort of fell in love with that song with the, with the songs that were coming out of us and we just decided to keep putting one foot in front of the other but with with really not a whole lot of intention until we were like well how about we perform some of this music okay yeah that sounds fun okay how about we record an album yeah that would be awesome mm-hmm. and uh it's it's just sort of it's just sort of evolved from there and, and we're just trying to find we're just trying to follow you know what's fun what feels authentic and real and and right and and we're still doing that. I think that's sort of the the point of this whole project for us. Yeah, and I was going to say like slightly side, side comment, but, you know, as New York musicians, there's so many in, incredible, incredibly talented uh, instrumentalists in New York, and so we play gigs with people around town all the time, like our own music, other stuff, just that we get hired uh, for as soloists. And when we recorded our first EP, we were like, let's just bring all of our musician friends who are the best and just have them all play on the album so everything in this in this sort of process has been really come from like a this feels right let's do that which is sounds like that's you know how you should kind of live your life but somehow you forget to do that sometimes and with this project there's a lot of pressure to uh write music that you know you want to be successful so if you write that intent it can kind of just muddy the whole inspiration for it for what feels right. So if right. what feels right is working for you, I, you know, you know, you got <laughs> to go thing. with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like putting the art in front of the commoditization, yeah. which is tough. I mean, especially these days. I think every musician, you know, um, it used to be that you could focus on the art and you knew that you were going to write a song, record an album, and you knew that you were going to get those sales, which were going to help you know, help you be able to afford to, to make that art. Nowadays, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, well, we, ha- we have to focus on how this is going to get used or we're going to go bankrupt within six months, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it's, it's a balance you got to find exactly. because a lot of people seem, I think people just starting out in music now feel like they need to go fishing for fans. So they right. want to write material that's like oh well, maybe fans of this band will like us if we write more like this other group yeah exactly um, but y- you can't do that because that other group work. already exists like i feel like in you know i'm i live in nashville um there's so much uh competition in uh the artist that wants to be the next taylor swift you know or the uh right mm-hmm. the next you know, but it's like Taylor Swift still still around and still right. <laughs> you know the top of her game, right? So being the next one, like I don't know, yeah, yeah, you got well, to be something else. 
Yeah, and in the pop world, I think in the pop songwriting world, I think one of the one of the things or the truisms that go around is kind of like you can't try and emulate what's on the radio right now because what's on the radio right now is going to be yeah, it's, it's already done. <laughs> and by the time your song gets out there, you know, and that sort of yeah, brings those track yeah the tracks that are on the radio now were written you yeah. know at least a year ago or two <laughs> right. years ago right, and it brings you back to the same sort of thing, which is how we started this this answering your question you know like if you just keep staying true to whatever feels right to you like that's going to resonate with people if you're just going to try and keep (laughs) catching up with whatever the trends are it's just it's just not going to work and that that i really do believe that it's not just a cliche yeah just a thing to say and by by the time you release a record and all the thing that it takes to go into it you're on that next project already yeah that too totally on that next level and you're like oh that's my old stuff yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, we're all we all do that yeah (laughs) (laughs) on to the next (laughs) um but uh hadar uh you you, we met at the diy musician conference down here uh what, what did you think of of that conference i thought it was amazing yeah, was that your first time? It was going? my first time. I think you mentioned that you'd been there before, right? Yeah, I went there last year as well. Yeah, yeah. That, so this is my second time. Yeah, I mean, I really, yeah. Sheldon is kind of like the techie person in our duo, so even coming down to you know that because it he learned about it from a podcast and he listens to podcasts often. Um, so I really didn't know what I was kind of getting myself into. Um, and one of the things we did, we kind of divided our duo into two so we could each go to different sessions and take as much in as, as we could. Um, and the two things I think that really like, I felt like I, I got from, from that conference was one, like all these, you know, different tools of doing things better and greater and, and just like really understanding what you're doing. And on the other hand, it also helped sort of realize a a lot of the things that we already are doing are really good. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I got a lot out of it. I really did. So Sheldon, you were there too? Yeah, I was. And I was in, as Hadar mentioned, I was in a different session so we could divide and conquer, which Mm -hmm. is why you and I didn't get a chance to meet. But uh, yeah. Even, I think, Andrew, we met at the... um, Spotify, Lance, um, Lance Allen. Uh, yeah. That's the one we met at, right? I th- yeah. think. Um, even even from that session, um, just his approach to how to get on Spotify playlists. Sheldon has now gotten us on ninety four playlists uh, on Spotify just by using the tools that he had mentioned, like finding them, reaching out to people on Facebook and Instagram. Oh, and that's great. Yeah. So. Well, t- to be fair, we we were on some because of that. No, we were on some. Thing. But <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we got, we got, <laughs> yeah. No, but you got us on how many since the conference? Uh, I don't know. I think in the last couple of weeks, I think I've gotten us on maybe like seven, somewhere around eight. seven to ten. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that I know of. May, you know, maybe others. Hard to yeah. tell. Are you using the Spotify for artists uh, pitching tool? Yeah, that that actually um, couldn't have come out at a more like perfect time for us because we were just gearing up to release it actually came out just a hair too late because with the first single that we just released of this new like batch of singles um it's called where your heart is we released it on august 14th and i think they they somewhere around that same time within a week or two is when that launched so they they need you to have like at least a week of lead time to mm-hmm. um to submit your new release for their editorial playlist and mm-hmm. i think we only were able to give them about a week 
um, you know, before it actually released. Um, but apparently, I, I talked to some of the Spotify people there, and apparently, um, they continue to stay like in their queue of of songs to consider for editorial playlists. But mm-hmm. it, I'm not sure. But we've got we've got two more releases coming up, um, and both. Well, you can only do one at a time. So I, I've got our next. So our first single, which was released August 14th, was called "Where Your Heart Is." Um, and we're following that up on October 23rd with our next single, which is Hope Will Rise. And that's very intentionally uh, <laughs> set up to be on the Tuesday, two weeks before the midterm elections. And we're trying to uh, sort of okay. help inspire people, get them excited for the elections, get them out and voting. And, um, and then the next single is going to be Come Close. And um, that's going to be on November 1st. So... Yeah, Exciting but week. to answer your question, there, <laughs> the hope will rise is queued up on the Spotify for artists. We haven't um, seen anything yet from that in terms of getting on any editorial playlists. Mm-hmm. But um, at a certain point, you can only do one at a time. So at a certain point, I have to figure out exactly when I'm going to replace Hope Will Rise in the or, queue with uh, with Come Close. Right. Okay, it's, it's so technical these days. Yeah, it really yeah. is. You, it's it's a mind. <laughs> That's why it's good to have a techie person here in the, yeah. in the duo. But it's confusing, and you got all the different platforms too. So you kind of like I'm. I got to run everything by Hadar and say, "Am I thinking about this right?" <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and all the different platforms and and the emails that you get and the confirmations and like and then just the play count will drive you drive you totally. crazy. Yeah. Oh my god. Absolutely. How many times am I checking that per day? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say every day. <laughs> We're going over on our data just because I'm checking Spotify play counts like every three and a half yeah. minutes or something. Yeah, it's 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 all it's just another social media platform and totally. it, it's, it's distracting. And but at least you guys are diligent about writing and releasing and and keeping things going. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot to juggle. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely been one of my biggest takeaways from the DIY community. And by the way, I just want to mention, I discovered this DIY community, I don't know, maybe like a year and a half ago. Uh, coming up on two years, actually. Um, I always looked at the blogs and the CD Baby you know, blogs and, and that sort of stuff online. But I didn't really discover the community until we got uh, Ari Hurston's book, um, How to Make It in the New Music Business. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of like opened up my my mind to this and i gotta say yeah. it is so awesome yeah it's the so DIY refreshing community. And so great people yeah. are are just sharing and sort of reveling in one another's successes and, and supporting one another and we yes and we so need that you know as you know we i think we as humans when when resources if you want to call it that tend to like decrease you know we mm-hmm. can sometimes try to get ter- territorial and i think the musician community the diy music community has done the opposite mm-hmm. and as shown in this conference as shown that in was the conference. another thing I mean, that really yeah, yeah took people from it. that are that are doing really incredible things yourself included yeah, i was gonna say like obviously this right now and just trying to find ways to promote one another and and mm-hmm. to help raise the tide for all of us so uh you know first of all thank you so much yeah. and um and for everyone in the diy community listening i just Let's just keep going with this. It's it's gonna let's let's make sure that we focus on that and keep keep raising each other up. And there's room for everyone. Well, what, what's awesome about uh, tools like Spotify and SoundCloud is that now anybody could get on these right. platforms, and so it's really about is are you making quality music? Right? Like, are you making heartfelt um, 
uh, art that is connecting with people. And, uh, and I think that's great about it. Yeah. You're either doing that or you're not doing that, or you're I just agree. lazy and you're not working. So yeah, especially when you, <clears throat> when, you know, the labels and publishers and management have sort of less, um, weight in the industry, like not as much as they used to. Now it really, you really do have an opportunity to, you know, you, let's say you can't blame it on the label and you can't blame it on the yeah. management. You can't, you know, th- your music is out there, so it's better be good. <laughs> Otherwise you only have yourself to blame. Modernization Act getting passed, hopefully mm-hmm. that makes it even better. Won't help a little, yeah. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, for sure. So I, can I ask you a question? Of course. <laughs> so I'm curious to know your impression of the DIY conference as a returnee. Um, well, it, I think I had the same first impression that you had when I went a year ago. Yeah. Um, and I went to an Instagram, uh, session with, a a local Nashville Instagram, um, press, uh, he's just really, he's a promoter. Like he gets, mm-hmm. he'll, you, you go to this guy, I forget his name, but he, He's a Instagram marketer, and he has mm-hmm. this Instagram page called Camping with Dogs, and somehow mm-hmm. he got on Ellen DeGeneres just mm-hmm. because he created an Instagram page of Camping with Dogs, and it's just pictures of tents and dogs and wow. rolling hills and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but he turned out to be this really great Instagram marketer, and it was a lot of tools about how to promote yourself through Instagram, how to effectively use hashtags and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and I was like, whoa, I never even thought about it. I was just like posting pictures of Chinese takeout on it, you know, like, <laughs> not really <laughs> doing, um, <laughs> wasn't really, like, using it as a promotional tool, um, but, like, just knowing how that, like, wh- so that guy came, uh, a, a representative from YouTube came, um, and they really, like, broke down with all these PDF files that they blew up on the, um, on the projector, like, how you need to schedule your releases and how often you need to do things and and how you need to remain engaged and it was it was really uh kind of mind opening to to see how this technology can really help musicians and help artists and and to help them stand yeah. out but it was also very scary as to like if you're not doing these things mm-hmm. then your your currency kind of falls like if you don't post on Instagram every day then you're you fall back mm-hmm. in sure in the algorithm of coming up on on other searches mm-hmm. so like and now there's this thing it's kind of going the way of facebook um like if you don't post as much then not even the people who follow you are going to see your posts mm-hmm. so it's so you got scared a, basically you basically got scared in the podcast, in the in the DIY. Music I didn't get conference. scared. I, I just thought. <laughs> and now you're scaring I, us. It was very inspiring, <laughs> actually. No, it did get me because uh, I started this podcast in 2015, and then um, I just got so busy that I kind of like I kind of dropped the ball on it, and I, I let a few months go by. And then when I went back to the the conference, it inspired me to pick up the podcast again. So I've been nice. doing it more consistently now. That's nice. awesome. Um, and so I've been doing that consistently for a year, uh, and I. Uh, what else did it? So this year, um, how as a um, somebody returning, I thought they kind of repeated a lot of the things that they said last year, which yeah. ne- needed repeating. Sure. Um, 
uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was really worth going to um, the Spotify. There was a lot more Spotify uh, yeah. uh, meetings, which I thought was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I could have asked some questions at those meetings, but the the question line was like right. thirty people sure. back, yeah, and you know they didn't get to everybody. Um, and yeah, I, I just made it more of a point to actually go up and talk to people this yeah. year instead of just go and sit in a, sit in a chair and listen to somebody. I really wanted to connect with more people, so sure. I think it was really great um, networking opportunity. Even though it's really hard since everybody's running from one place to another, right? Um, but yeah, um, let me see. Okay, just checking my battery on my phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it was a great, and it's also a great to meet. Uh, you guys now and yeah, uh, you too. keep Thanks, this going. Likewise. Definitely. Yeah. So, why don't you tell me about uh, your tour that's coming up? Well, uh, we we finished a tour. We oh, don't have one it, coming okay. up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we have shows all over. You got you got some shows coming up. Yeah, we have New shows York, coming or? up. Uh, we we just played a show in the city. Well, we played a show up uh, like in Westchester couple a week ago or so two weeks yep. ago i guess mm-hmm. uh, where did you play in westchester we played in a park in a in rye in, okay i think it's technically yeah you rye. know westchester. rye uh because you're from new rochelle that? right that's where i'm from westchester so. yeah, yeah from yeah from i thought you said new rochelle right yep, or, new yeah rochelle. what's the name of that park crawford park okay in rye so um one of uh hadar used to work I don't know why I'm telling this. You should tell this. One of our, well, when I came, when I went to Berkeley College of Music and then I interned um, right out of school for Cherry Lane Music, who got bought by BMG these days. Um, but the uh, creative director there uh, stayed in touch with him over the years and he uh, reached out to us, uh, yeah, maybe a month ago. They do a barbecue uh, almost every year called Stumpfest. And because of all of his connections with writers, he invites a lot of his friends and cohorts in the music community to come perform. And the cool thing about it is it's a barbecue in the park. He gets all these sponsorships, but the real point of it is to raise money for St. Jude. So they've done it. I think this was, did he say like the 17th year or 20th year or something like that? I think like 20th year or something, And yeah. so they have raised, you know, tens of thousands of dollars for um for saint jude which is just awesome yeah so it was awesome we got to play in that which was really fun yeah um meet some other really good new york musician musicians um and then we did a five-week tour played about 20 shows across the country that ended uh mid-august and sort of like finished the show here in the city uh at rockwood music hall um downtown and got to kind of like share probably the best show because it was the end of the tour with yeah we're you know a well-oiled machine by that point um, yeah <laughs> what, what stage were you on at stage, stage three cool we, oh, we i played, haven't been to that one yet. yeah it's actually i think it's i think it's like the best one um yeah. we played sta- we've played stage one um and stage th- three a couple times um stage three is actually um you can connect from stage two to stage three kind of but the entrances uh, are on different streets actually yeah which is Mm -hmm. sort of interesting so stage three is the one you have to enter on orchard street down on the lower east side it's it's, it's down below and then you go downstairs and it's this really cool kind of listening room vibe which is perfect for our kind of music it's like storytelling uh intimate intimate, yeah show where we're very interactive with the crowd we even like come off stage Mm -hmm. and do a song completely unplugged in the middle of the room have you played nashville 
We haven't played Nashville. Have not played Nashville. We don't. We don't have um, too much of a following down there quite yet. Okay. Um, but I've been down there a few times and have done some writing sessions uh, with local uh, artists and writers and stuff, uh, which nice. has been really fun. Yeah. And for this of, last tour, what, yeah. what what stood out the most? What show? Uh, there were a bunch of yeah. shows that stood out. I don't want to. <laughs> well, so we always start our tour up in Rockport, Massachusetts. I don't want to offend mm-hmm. any of uh, the places we played. So no. I wanna, you know, some were better than others, but overall, amazing tour. Yeah. So um, for those who don't know about us, we tend to focus on house concerts. Um, and when we went on our first tour, we were trying to look at venues. Hadar spent like a whole week. I feel bad for this. She spent like a whole week, you know, on, uh, what is it? What's move. The, what is it? Indie on the Move. Indie on the Move, yeah. And just researching all around the country. And you know how it is when you're trying to book venues. It's like you send out an email and you just hope it gets received, you know, and answered positively, all that sort of stuff. And then she turns to me and says, what about house concerts? And when I first started thinking about house concerts, I had, I had sort of looked into it previously and um there were certain websites that were available that you could sort of get into in order to find your own venues and your own house like there's like yeah hosts that do this regularly and then you can sort of insert yourself into the system yeah but i didn't think that it seemed very um personal i don't think it seemed no 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 i i couldn't understand if my investment of time and money because it's not cheap to do those types of uh websites was was going to be worth it and there was a certain part of me especially when hadar brought it up again that was like you know house concerts they they kind of feel like a cop-out they feel like less than on a certain level that was me personally i don't know if you agree with that but i felt like people you know even today a lot of people when we reach out to them they have no idea what a house concert is and Mm -hmm. and i think they you know they look at it as kind of like a well you, you can't you can't get into a venue so let's just try and you know get a bunch of people together at the house concert now, we, we started thinking about it more through Ari's book, through Shannon Curtis's book. Um, we realized, actually, no, it's way, way, way cool to do the house concert. And in, I, I actually kind of prefer it, especially yeah. for our music. As for I said, style, the kind of so like, better. yeah, for the sort of listening room. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I could go into that for a while, but highlights. Uh, We always start off, or we've started off our summer tours always in Rockport, Mass., which is North Shore. Um, It's it's, it's, uh, on Cape Ann. It's sort of like the end of the earth up there. Beautiful little beach town. Beach town, and we're in this cottage that is stuffed with like 50 people. um, And just a, a really just awesome crowd and close friends of ours and we travel with our own pa system and lighting system and we have uh um like a merch table that sheldon beautifully designed and it's mm-hmm. it's just like a, this whole product like it's i mean obviously we are the product but it's our music it's our stories it's obviously us we always make sure to meet uh our potential fans before for like we call it like the meet and greet with the band and so people come and you know bring they could do byob and whatever and we meet we meet all these people. We want to get to know them for an hour before the show. And then we play the show and then we stay and spend time with them after. And of course, like take pictures, sell our, our merchandise and stuff and really create this unbelievable, um, relationship with people that we've never met before. Um, right. But so other, so because that, is of all one, of that, that is one highlight, just that alone. For sure. But that also <laughs> means that like in places where we have, close 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 friends and big communities it's like we're traveling and spending our entire summer going from 
close friend to close family member. So like other highlights, we've got a, a big community of friends and fans in Fairfax, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, we, we get 50 to 60 people every single time. And it's not necessarily about the number, but that was a, a, just a really fun That was an crowd. amazing and show, yeah. all of these shows, we Facebook live as well. So you could actually go up. And oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so just go on your Facebook page and you can watch these shows? Yeah, yeah totally. we are the Northern Lights awesome. band. <laughs> yeah, on Facebook, you got to include band. Yeah. St. Louis is where okay. I grew up. So I got to see a lot of my buddies and a bunch of them came into town flew into town just who live show. out of town just for the show um chicago, chicago was we had amazing. another close friend um our families live in in the detroit area now so we had a couple really fun shows and and sort of getting to sleep in in family members homes which is nice as opposed to and all uh, and also i'll just say one of the nice things about the house concert we always say in the end um or the host the per- person hosting us says you know if you ever want to host this band come talk to them or email them and we this is how we sort of grow the network of of hosts and so it's getting easier to to book these shows um yeah really fulfilling and and you know we have over 800 people on our mailing list which we got from shows you know that's awesome i i find that like i've been to a few house concerts and it's always if you're if you're a singer songwriter like i feel like having a quiet audience mm-hmm. that's really attuned to everything that you're singing exactly is just, you, it's like palpable you could feel you yep. could feel it but if you're playing in a venue that has a bar and has yep. kind of a, a <laughs> distance between the stage yep. um and the people there's a, a degree of separation there absolutely um that's that's the, i mean everything you just said that is why we were like yes house concerts is perfect for us and you know we again like we get the people in the audience engaged and singing with us and you you it's just i mean i love playing and i mean rockwood is amazing i love playing there but it's just a mm-hmm. complete different experience um you just can't create that like memorable intimate well, the, the sort moment. of magic bubble gets interrupted yeah. every once in a while with the server going around and taking drinks <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's the nature of it you know but anyways yeah all right well um I, I, d- I read up on your bio and I saw that you were in the Israeli military. Yes, sir. <laughs> Can't yeah. you tell? Can't you see these muscles? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Was that, I'm was like 5'1", by the service? way. Um, yes, it's a mandatory service. Everybody, yeah. I grew. I was born and raised in Israel. I came here for college. Um, so everybody has to serve. Uh, women serve for, or when I was in the army, women serve for two years and men for three. I think it's shifted a little to be slightly more uh, equal time served but, but uh, were you stationed in america no 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 I, oh, was okay. in, I was in israel i was uh 20 minutes from jerusalem i think what he's getting at is where is your accent oh why do i speak like this why do <laughs> no, I speak no, no 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 it's not an accent I, I thought oh i must have misread it how you guys met did you both meet in israel yeah uh, no. no so okay. i was uh in the israeli army um, and through the Jewish agency, they were sending Israeli soldiers to, to go be counselors at American Jewish summer camps for okay, that's, because the military is yeah. super serious, as you can Does tell. Does that make any sense? <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not. Qu- I'm not quite sure how who thought that would be a good idea, but it was an amazing idea. Um, I think the idea is to, was to sort of like. Uh, 
uh, establish a relationship. Yeah, I was gonna say bridge the gap. It's not really a gap, but just like an established a relationship. Yeah, with you know Israel and, and like an exchange student. Yeah, exactly. Like mm-hmm. an ex- yeah. So uh, you know the age of counselors at a summer camp in America is eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Well, that's we're in the army then, so um, that's the age to send us. And so to entice us to you know entice people to go, it's they don't you don't really get paid for it um, when you're a you know, a soldier, I mean, you get paid in the army, but it's like 50 bucks a month. Um, and, uh, you know, they said, if you want this to count as a part of your military service, you can go be a counselor to summer camp for three months. Um, so I tried out for it, um, got in. And before I went to the camp, the camp sent me to a three day music camp because I was going to be the music person there. Um, and Sheldon happened to go to that same music camp. So we met for three days um didn't uh click or anything uh <laughs> said our goodbyes and then the camp i went to uh sheldon's best friend went to that camp and so him and i became friends and fast forward three years later i came to berkeley college of music to go to school and he said oh you remember my friend sheldon he lives in boston he goes to tufts you should you know you should hit him up and i did <laughs> And the rest is history. Oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. yeah. The, the sort of crazy part was when I first visited Hadar's, you know, like childhood home in Tel Aviv. And she pulled out a picture <laughs> from the first time we met at that music encampment. Yep. Uh, and I couldn't believe I had no recollection of taking a picture. I mean, it wasn't just the two of us. It was like a group, but I just had no recollection. I thought we had like met. And I had said, oh, you're going off to <laughs> camp with my best friend. And that, I thought that was the extent of our interaction. But I guess we also at, at least got that picture. <laughs> got one picture together. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> have you guys uh, performed in Israel? We have. Um, I mean, I obviously performed there growing up, uh, mm-hmm. you know, since I was a kid. And we played a show a couple of years back in a really great venue in Tel Aviv called called Levantine 7. Um that's the address of the place. <laughs> oh, it is. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was it was great. It was really cool. And actually, um, ironically, I've been getting some booking requests from there um, for just different small festivals um, on Facebook and stuff like that. I don't think they understand that I live here. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they did. They did actually offer us a couple. Like there, there was a couple different offers for different festivals across the country. So you know, just keeping the door open for. If yeah, and, if and yeah, when we if go they and can include airfare in that. <laughs> yeah, I don't For know about sure. that, but maybe. But if we're there, I mean, that could always be. It's you know, we always want to play, obviously. Yeah, and also Hadar hates it when I bring this up, but she was on the first season of Israeli Idol. If only you could see oh, my face okay. right now. <laughs> I mean, it was many, many years ago. Many, many years ago. She's giving me the stink eye a little bit right now, okay. as she does every time I bring it up. But I think that's a funny. <laughs> fun little trivia <laughs> I, I think that, i mean I, I think that's awesome Amazing. there's i mean there's so much talent on those shows and yeah know, absolutely it's, people think it like there's a lot of people that go on and they just think they're gonna either win it or that's the end of their career but you yeah. know it's just a it's just a way to get your chops together and to see you know yep. what possibly could happen 100 percent. another notch yeah. on your belt that's right <laughs> Um, there's so many people in Nashville that are been on The Voice or been on. Yeah, uh, we we actually American wrote, Idol. We wrote yeah. with a blessing offer. Yeah, he was on The Voice. Uh, I don't know how many years ago. A few years ago, we've written a couple songs with him. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I played with a, a singer named Michael Lynch, who was um, 
think he was on The Voice 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Still, you know, still doing it. Still, yeah. Yeah. still working. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, well, I don't want to keep you from your gig or if there's anything <laughs> else you want to talk about, let, you can let my listeners know um, where they can find you on the internet, um, social media, and anything else you want to know. They should know. Yeah. Um, I would say, first of all, um, we would love it if you would check out our music on Spotify or YouTube. We're really making a concerted effort right now to try and build up our online presence, which is, um, uh, you know, something that's not as built up as it could be. So on Spotify and everywhere, we are the Northern Lights. Um, on, On Facebook, you have to include we are the Northern Lights band. One word, no it's spaces. It's all one word, no. So include the word band on Facebook, but everywhere else you can find us on We Are the Northern Lights. Uh, yeah. We just released Where Your Heart Is on August 14th. So we hope you uh, are enjoying that. We will be releasing on October 23rd our second single, which is called Hope Will Rise. And we're releasing that very intentionally two weeks to the day before the midterm elections. So we hope uh, we are um, giving people a nice pep talk and exciting people um, to get out and vote. And, and we're going to make a video out of it. And oh, true. In- including yeah. um, all our fans and friends and anything in between. So if you want to be in the, in the video, uh, just email us, info at wearethenorthernlights.com. That's right. And we will tell you how you can be a part of that video. And the last thing I'll say is that um, we're trying to space out our, our releases a little bit, but um, our third single is called Come Close. And um, that sort of inspired the artwork that you'll see when you look um, and see both Hadar and I playing on the same guitar. Um, at the same time. At the same time. <laughs> um, and uh, that is going to be released on November 1st. And the reason it's so close to October 23rd when we release Hope Will Rise is because we got that song placed in a television show called Startup, starring Adam Brody, Martin Freeman. Uh, this new season is going to have Miro Servino yeah. and uh, Ron Perlman. And that is... Uh, third season of this show is coming out on November 1st so we wanted people to be able to find it so um, we've got to figure that whole thing out about how we're going to be the release strategy around there but just keep an eye out for that if you follow us on Spotify you'll 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 you know or on YouTube you'll be first to receive those things so. yeah. yeah and and reach out we we love one of the things about this project is we're really trying not to pretend we're not trying to you know like be like the artist that is inaccessible and uh-huh. you know go go to our website you know that sort of thing like one thing that this project has taught us is that being real and being authentic and just just doing what feels human and right is is feels the best and has has led to the most fulfilling outcomes for us so and and so email us and yeah, say hello I was and, say, and knowing yeah. our fans you know one of uh, i i say fans but it's kind of it's a it's a funny word because it's it's a much more um it's like interactive friend. yeah it's a much more interactive relationship <laughs> if you love our music we want to we want to get to know you we want to know what it is that you love and we want to hear from you we want to hear about you um and we want to create those relationships so if you love your, our music and you want to let us know and you want to get to know us, just hit us up on any social media platform um, or email us info at we are the northern lights.com and we will get back to you. Mm-hmm. 
And thank you, Andrew, so much for having us. This yeah. is awesome. This is, I'm looking yeah. forward this to is really uh, awesome. yeah. continuing the relationship with you and, and following your career as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Likewise. Um, well, thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah, our pleasure. I want to thank We Are the Northern Lights again for coming on the podcast. If you like the episode, please contact them. Let them know. You can also email me at um, andrew at andrewlepow.com. Uh, I got a new song now on Spotify. It's really exciting. Go check that out. Follow me on Instagram and Spotify. And uh, yeah, just want to keep in touch. So keep those emails coming and I'll see you next time. Thanks again.